All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rabbit, rabbit. Welcome to the show, Barnburner, as we get into it on a game day. Game day, the Seattle Kraken are in town. And are we already over the Kraken? Over. Remember when Vegas came in? It was like, man, it's the new Vegas, the new team, all this sort of thing was a big deal. Look at these I guess colors. They went, Shiny, sparkly. Yeah, they had a big, uh, they were very good in year one, as I recall. Yeah, they were, yeah. But I feel like, is anybody, man, that's, that's the, it's the Kraken. This is one of the new teams. I feel like we're over the Kraken. And they're actually decent now. They're 500, I think. Yeah, so all right. They're in a wild card today for whatever that's worth on uh, November the 1st. Rabbit, rabbit. And uh, uh, I'm actually excited to see some of their players because last year it felt like for all the expansion draft, like, Gio coming back and, yeah. I want to see Maddie Beneers. I was going to say, do you have a bone on for Maddie Beneers? Maddie boy. Got a bone on for it. I, you know what? Kid's good. Well, yeah, and you know Shane Wright will be good. There's a conversation there for later in the show, but uh, I, I'm curious to see what they look like because they're actually starting to get some occasional saves after getting none all of last year. There's Rhett Warner in his uh, in his studio, palatial estate, and we noticed immediately a new shelf look in the that. studio. Is that uh, the shoveler? The shoveler put it together, moved it in. She told me the last one looked cheap, and I'm like, well, this doesn't look any better so especially when it you looks got less that cheap. other cheap sh- shelf beside it 
we can kind of see the <laughs> it's over there. So we can kind of see there's the uh, like a decal underneath the top of the shelf there. Mm. We're kind of getting the up. Oh yeah. Or warranty? Maybe a uh, let's say don't stand on here thing. This yeah, is no, don't stand on me, fat it's boy. Not, it's not a ladder. Yeah. Well, we'll get into. And I am over uh, the Kraken. Absolutely over the right? Kraken. Could care less about yeah. the Kraken. The Kraken are my Minnesota Wild. Didn't oh, take geez, long. Well, that yeah. hurts. The Kraken on a Tuesday. They got, the, they got handed a raw deal, though. How? Coming in Explain. after Vegas. Well, Vegas, all the new rules for the expansion draft that Vegas somehow bended for benefited from had every other gm yeah. in the league bamboozled somehow yeah. and then they come out of the gates and play that well and the crack had come in with the expectation of being good right out well i don't know i think everyone was a little bit smarter but then they also have covid to deal with right so it's nobody's even going to the games they're no good they go about it differently i don't know any yeah i don't know anyone excited about the crack okay well, we'll uh, we'll dig into it a little deeper. We'll get into uh, we know who's going in net for the Calgary Flames. Oh, morning skate. Looks like Dan Vladar is going to be your starter. As we have a full blown goalie controversy in Calgary. Oh, just massive. Yeah. Frank Saravalli is our NHL insider. He's joining us from his studio in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Is he over the Kraken? I feel Are like... you over the Kraken? Frank, come on. Stay with me. I've been over the Kraken, I think, since day one. And part oh. of it is because of the arrogance or perceived arrogance with which they entered the league. Look how great, look how different we do things. Look at all the people that we've hired. And look, no one's going to not celebrate diversity. I love the the different facets that they've added to their to their group and their team. But their expansion draft left so much to be desired. They left so much talent on the table um, it yep. sort of felt like they came in saying they knew hockey better than everyone else. And now they fell flat on their face in year one and they've got a lot of work to do. They, they certainly are a lot more competitive and made some smart moves this summer. But I think they're the way they entered the league, basically with this idea of we're better than everyone else, it rubbed everyone the wrong way. I'll, I'll jump in real quick because Rep yeah. said they got screwed and it's like, I think they screwed themselves. And to Frank's point, if you gave report cards on the expansion draft for what Ron Francis did, like they really don't have a lot of good players. They didn't really hold teams over the barrel. They weren't willing to move their price to get a deal done. Uh, I don't think he did a great job there. And their head coach, what was his reputation before this? Well, he won at college. He had a really rough run in Philly. Like, I, I don't know that... To Frank's point, they've they've made a lot of savvy moves aside from, I think we like Berkowski as a signing. So was this kind of a, sorry, Rhett, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and wasn't there a bunch of guys available for that coaching job that were highly regarded? Yeah. I mean, including the guy that ran an expansion team all the way to the Stanley Cup final year one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So was that kind of the and i was going to say knock was that the reputation that ron francis had prior to going there when he was in carolina was he kind of that sort of a negotiator a hardline guy because it seemed like he was very hard to deal with when it came to or or was just he he knew what he wanted and he was going to do it and wasn't really willing or looking to be talked out of it yeah i think maybe the best just from talking to, to managers around the league, the, the best word that came up or, or buzzword was stubborn. 
he had a price, especially with regards to the expansion draft, and I think also related to Carolina as well. There wasn't a lot of movement. There wasn't a lot of turnover with that team. Um, and part of it was because he had something in mind, had a price set, and wasn't willing to work off of that. And, you know, I, I think there's one thing to be said when you go through the expansion draft process of setting a target. But when no one, like absolutely no one is willing to pay your price, I think you've gotten the price wrong. And if you go through the exercise and you come through it and you shrug and you say, well, you know, there just weren't any deals to be had. Everyone else was smarter this time around from the expansion draft. I don't, I don't think that's the case. It just felt like they had a bar and because it wasn't hit, um, they, they stuck to that and, and got in their own way. And then you look at some of, you know, the, the players that, and the talent that were left on the table, not going with a Tarasenko, um, for two years at a really reasonable cap hit, if you really had dug in and done the work, understanding his two or three botched shoulder surgeries, which I had reported on clearly, not saying I'm right or that, you know, whatever it is, the information was there. Tarasenko, his shoulder was never fixed. Finally got fixed. He goes back and has maybe his best season of his career. You could have a really nice flippable asset right now if you're the Seattle Kraken, that you could have moved and, and still kept your cap space. They had this idea of like, we're not going to be anyone's dumpster for cap space unless they pay for it. Of course, that's the right thought process. It's just that the execution was off. Yeah, and so for example, I think they wanted what, a first and a second for the Flames not to take Geo. And put... Meyer Senegas never budged. And so then they go to trade Geo at the deadline and what do they get? Do they get a first and a second or do they have the price way wrong? They didn't get a first and a second. They yeah. they sent Blackwell and Geo for what two seconds and a third down the road. Flames would have also made felt like price, with Geo right? they maybe messed up a little bit in terms of naming a captain. Like, do you want to name a captain for a guy that's there for like fifty some games or sixty games? Like, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Is that how you begin your process as a franchise? Don't you want someone that's going to be in that role for five years, seven years? And I'm not knocking Mark Giordano at all. He's a fantastic guy. And, and actually, you know, you look this year at, at an adjusted cap hit, a really valuable player in this league um, for what he brings. But I, I just felt like there were a number of miscues and, and different ways in which they could have gone in different directions. And they are not naming a captain at all this year. They've come out and said they're just going to rotate the alternate letters and See, it feels right. They've got some, and we talked about Matty Beneers coming in. They have some exciting young players, but I do, I'm, I'm almost with Rhett. It does kind of have that wild on a Wednesday. We, we used to call it so, wild on a Tuesday. When, when you share wild on a Tuesday, when you share season tickets, those were the ones that were always left at the very end. As <laughs> oh, guys, Jacques Lemaire and the boys get a trap on a geez. Tuesday. I'll catch up on sleep yeah, instead. Delightful. Although, I looked this morning, they've scored three or more in six straight. So they're, they're scoring, and Beneer's a good player. They've got some – I just don't know that they're there yet. Anyway. What's, what's the story with Shane Wright? I know you guys will be tackling this more than we have at, at this point, Frank. He's in a tough spot because the team, I think, ultimately Ron Francis wants to keep him around, doesn't see a ton of value in sending him back to the OHL. And, he, you know, he's just not playing. Clearly he hasn't earned the trust of the coaching staff because he's been a healthy scratch in – feels like almost half their games to this point. And even when he's in the lineup, he's playing six, seven minutes a night. His average is in the sixes. And you need a guy like that playing 10, 12, 14 minutes a night as a young guy. The problem is even last year with Shane Wright going back to his draft year and, and how disappointing it was, 
I think there's ample room for growth in the OHL. Like he, he never, it wasn't one of those guys that, that had a 140 point season and, and lit the world on fire. Like go and get your confidence. I, I, I truly believe, and this is the problem with the, uh, CHL agreement is the best place for Shane Wright is actually in the AHL. That's 100%. the correct answer, but the way it's set up now, you can't. And I've been, I've written about this a ton of times. There should be one exception every year that a team has that they can send the player to the AHL instead of back to major junior. And it kind of gives you a leg up if you're going to be drafting from Europe to have that option at some point, if you're the Montreal Canadiens this year with your Slavkovsky to say, Hey, we're going to send you down to the AHL right in our backyard. And we're going to allow you to get better. What a fantastic opportunity it would be for Seattle to send him to Palm Springs, where they've got this unbelievable facility coming along to say, Hey, we're going to grow your game there with our staff, teaching you the way we want you to play with our development team, as opposed to being back in Kingston. At this point, and Rhett, you will, you'll be very familiar with this and anyone that's familiar with the show, uh, Frank, you may not. We have, uh, we have something called Pinder's backpack. It's his backpack. He carries it around with him wherever he goes and he likes to tuck things in that backpack just little things that that bug him, bugaboos, just can't pet, let it go. Pet peeves. He just yeah, can't let peeves. it go, and it'll be years down the line, and he'll continue to just dig, he'll pull it right out of the backpack. CHL agreement. The CHL agreement. The can't go to the American Hockey League. Must go back to junior. The CHL's magic. That backpack item has been in the backpack for many, many years. Well, it's just the only place on earth where you can't do what's best for the kid developmentally. To Frank's point, the best place for him right now is the American Hockey League. If he and comes guess, through any other system, U.S. National Development Program, any league in Sweden, anywhere else in the world, he can go play in the A. It's ridiculous. And I guess part the of the only, reason for is that the, is it's the nice hockey league, the NHL. They want to play nice in the sandbox with the CHL because it's been a nice development feeder. They also pay a ton of money to. But like, you know what? That would never happen in Major League Baseball. It would never happen in the NBA. You'd never say, "Oh, you know what? They've they've been good to us. We're gonna send their their top stars back." Like it, it just you would do what's best for your franchises. And by the way, what else is in like what what else is in that backpack? What kind of paraphernalia do you accidentally pull out every now? And uh, then? Taking goalies in the first round is usually just like this high risk venture that I, I don't really endorse. That's sort of been one of them, right? Um, what else would it be? What you else are the backpack? There's items? so many. Like uh, Troy Brower signing. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you, you, you can certainly have success doing it. There's just, you can miss inside the top 10. That's hard to do on skaters. Yeah, it's really great. I'll, I'll you know what, I'll start, we will start keeping a running log. I had one and then I got rid of it at the, the old place. But um, is Sheldon Keefe going to be the first coach fired? Ooh. I, uh, Bruce Boudreaux is saying, hold my beer. I mean, like it's... <laughs> They're, they're, they're not out of it in Vancouver. Like I, I know that they had a couple wins and it was sort of this sigh of relief, but look, here's the difference between what's going on with Bruce Boudreaux and what's going on and the question marks surrounding Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas are about as close as you can get in a GM coach combo. There aren't many relationships in the league that are much stronger than that. Bruce Boudreaux doesn't have that same kind of backing. He wasn't Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford's choice. I think they've watched as things have unfolded here, and they had this sort of magical 56 or 58 game run last year to close out the year. And it was almost like 
there was this en- enormous game of chicken that played out in the summer where it was like, he's got an option year. Is he going to sign it? He wants an extension. You're not getting one. And I think they've watched and they saw the training camp. Jim Rutherford already said he wasn't, he wasn't surprised by their poor start because he thought their camp was crap. And then you're in this spot where you're like, they feel like he's disorganized, but he's popular with the fan base. Like they have their, their home opener and, and fans are chanting Bruce. There it is again. Like they're in this really awkward spot that while there's a ton of angst around Sheldon Keefe and, and Rhett would be able to speak to this better than me. You know, you watch Sheldon Keefe call out and point directly at Mitch Marner during the game on Sunday in Anaheim. I'm just thinking like the pressure has gotten to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like they're in a spot where it feels like they're cracking under pressure why is there so much emphasis for a team that's 500? And I, and I, I get it because I've watched the way that they've played, but a game against the 31st place team on a Sunday in October, like it, it felt like a, a late March or early April game for the Toronto Maple Leafs in what they were forced to essentially try and make a statement for, given how they've played to this point, given how you know, they've lacked life given how their stars haven't been their stars. It's a really weird situation. And it's an interesting one too, because I don't know that the criticisms have been unfair. They've just been public. And it it just feels like with a lot of today's young stars, you just don't do it that way. Coaches just don't call out guys. And you go back to, it, it feels like every year, Mitch Marner is the whipping boy for somebody. It's either the fan base or it's the coach or you know what I mean? It's, is it, is it too convenient that it's always that same player? Cause I didn't really have a problem with anything that Keith has said. It's just, we, we always want coaches and people in the, in, in sports say something they don't give us these cliche answers. And then they say something that's legit and that has some merit to it. And then you rip the guys for saying it. I think it's a little hypocritical because I don't think that it was unfair. I mean, it feels like, a real like though this is the way I framed it to this point. It feels like an inflection point for the Toronto Maple Leafs because I don't think any criticism that Sheldon Keefe has has levied out there it has been unfair. And you you hit on it. I mean, you have those kind of giveaways and turnovers if you're Mitch Marner, and they're wholly unacceptable. Yet today's NHLer, you know, you watch the reaction from Mitch Marner. He gets stapled to the bench for four minutes. And then during the TV timeout, almost like a petulant child goes to the hallway and we believe smashes a stick. Like, okay, what's that going to solve? We're really glad that you got that out on your $400 stick that did nothing wrong. And it was fair to criticize him. But I also feel like at the same time, with the way this game works, with Mitch Marner being an $11 million player and being in Toronto, Mm -hmm. that... Coaches very rarely make it to the other side of that. It's almost like if you're going to call your guy out, you need to do it in the locker room when there are no cameras or you do it in a closed door meeting with just you and him. That's the only way now. It's almost like embarrassing these guys publicly doesn't, it it has the opposite effect because all it does is put the target squarely on your head. Well, and so we talk about Vancouver and Toronto as two hotspots. I think the markets have more to do with it than the teams. Like if Florida's 500, is there any talk about firing a coach? Like, of course not. It's just Toronto. And like, yeah, there's a bit of that last five years, no playoff success, but come on, this is a product of the market they play in. If this is Columbus, no one cares. If it's LA, no one's screaming, fire the coach. We're, we just got to November. 
I would say yes and no. Like, it also depends on what you're watching, right? Like, for the Leafs, it's not about the record. It's about the way they've played. It's about the fact that Connor McDavid has, you know, almost as many hat tricks as, as Austin Matthews has goals to start. It's about the listless play and the turnovers from Marner and the lack of attention to detail. And then it's about the apparent friction with Sheldon Keefe using that opportunity on night one of the season after a loss to call them out. It's like... You can say it's the market, but Sheldon Keefe has given anyone in media the the green light and the permission to do so because the coach is doing it. So yes and no. Like you look at Vancouver, that, that market is like is on edge in, in the summertime when there aren't even games being played. Like that's just the way it is, and I get it. But you watch their training camp, and it was hot garbage from the start. And then you look at the start of their season, and they've struggled. So at at some point, like. Yes, the coach is always the scapegoat, and he's always the person that's the easy out. But in some cases, it might actually be warranted. How about the Boston Bruins? They make the coaching change. Bruce Cassidy leaves. And I, I know we kind of sat there and said, this team's performed pretty well to be firing their coach. And maybe you just have shelf life and you hear all of that. But that's a pretty good coach. The team's fared pretty well. And they bring in Montgomery who was in Dallas and then had to leave. And then is, you know, he is now back. They had injuries to start the season, have injuries to start the season. They sit with a record of eight and one Marshan back ahead of schedule. It sounds like McAvoy, same story. Skating already non-con or regular Jersey and yeah. not this road trip, but maybe next week sometime. And you, you, you hate having a, a big star as a pending UFA, but chances are dudes playing pretty well. And they do in, uh, in Pasternak. What's going on in Boston right now? Well, we just talked about coaching changes and, and how they can actually sometimes have a huge impact. I truly believe that to be the case with the Boston Bruins. Like, If Bruce Cassidy is still the coach, I would wager that Patrice Bergeron retires, David Krejci doesn't come back, Jake DeBrusque is traded, and you have this whole you know, trickle-down effect that comes from that decision. He was not a well-liked guy, and it's not because he's not a good coach. Everyone believes that he is. He's hard on his players, and that's not it's not that the players are soft. It's that they were tired of the whole thing. They were tired of the constant quips and sarcasm that came from him, that it was relentless in, in his approach. It had a very Ken Hitchcock-type um, effect on his team. And when you have a group where not just the veterans don't like you, but you're also killing the young guys too – it's probably time to move on regardless of whatever the record is and whatever success you've had. So Jim Montgomery comes in, a total change in approach. Um, in Dallas, a really well-liked guy. Um, and so now they got all those guys back. Bergeron says, yeah, I'll sign up for another year. Krejci comes back over from Europe. DeBrusque rescinds his trade request. And the big question mark surrounding the Bruins this year, guys, was could they hang on long enough to get Marshan and McAvoy back? McAvoy's two weeks away. Marshan's back, even though he's not playing back-to-backs. And they look like a team that is poised to, you know, if not win the division, certainly be in that contention again. And they have this vibe about them that is almost like the last dance. If you watch the series with Michael Jordan and the Bulls, this team's experienced a ton of success. They've won a Stanley Cup, some of this core. They've been back to other two finals since. This is maybe their last kick at the can to try and do something and, and make something of this core before they have to really start over.
and the Buffalo Sabres. Are they the new are they the new hot young fun to watch team? Are they Team North America from KOB, new kid on the, the World Cup whenever year it was? Because you got Tage Thompson, you got all these young guys. They're super exciting all of a sudden. Six points for Tage Thompson last night. I was saying to Pinder, I read this morning, you know, Gilbert Perot didn't do that. Alex McGilney didn't do that. LaFontaine didn't do it. No. Eichel didn't do it. Eichel certainly didn't do it. Are the Sabres, have they arrived? Not ready to crown them just yet. And Tage Thompson has been a great story. You can see why the Sabres made the bet to give him 50 million bucks over seven years. But that was one game, and it's two really hot games. I mean, with Tage Thompson, that was last night was half of his point total for the season so far, and he's got five <laughs> goals in his last two games. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I like I'm not knocking him or taking anything away from the night that he had. It was magical, but it's also one night as they doubled up the Detroit Red Wings. I still think when it all shakes out, when it's all said and done, this team has been way more competitive and way more fun to watch than I would have imagined. Eric Comrie's 946 save percentage is going to come down. These guys are not all going to score at the same pace that they have to this point. I still think Detroit and Ottawa are better suited to be competitive in the Atlantic in terms of playoffs sooner than Buffalo. Obviously I could be wrong, but what I do like to see from what I believe is hockey's lovable loser to this point as a franchise over the last 10 years, everyone kind of seems to rally around Buffalo um, in terms of, you know, no one really hates the Sabres um, that when you look at it, they've got some room to grow and, but they've, they're really competitive and they like their coach not to, that might be the theme of the show. Donnie Meatballs has brought guys in. They gave him an extension. He wasn't even in the last year of his deal. So he's brought players, if you listen to their GM and Kevin Adams, he's brought players into the mix. He's brought players from outside that say they want to play for this guy. You never know how powerful that is. Uh, we're, what, two or three games into the four-game spell at Mullet Arena before the Coyotes go for a 14-game roadie and they finish it off. Uh, what can you tell us about the uh, the college experience for the Desert Dogs? First off, I'm really sad that I wasn't able to go. Uh, yeah. I got hit up with COVID last week, and uh, I'm ah. still feeling the after effects, actually. But it's not going to keep me from the World Series tonight, um, as I've now <laughs> I was been gonna let, say. Out, of, I was gonna let say, out of yeah. my cage here after five days. But um, it's... I, I like it. I'm in, enthused by the energy. It's nice to see a Coyotes game where people actually show up and fill a building and care. I still think part of it is very not National League, and it's a fun novelty that'll eventually wear off at some point when the Coyotes and their players, which they already realize it, um, you know, they're playing in a college arena, and it's nice to have that environment for now. But how nice is it going to be three years from now if they're still there because they don't have steel in the ground or shovels in the ground yet for their permanent arena? I mean, they're now going to send this vote for the arena to a referendum. When's that vote going to take place? November 2023? Like the election is already next week. It's not getting on there by then. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe it's in May that they can finally have a vote for it if you're lucky. And then you've got eight months of site contamination clear up or clean up or 10 months plus 24 months of construction. Like it feels endless. And I, it just feels like someone just either shit or get off the pot when it comes to the coyotes yeah. in, in Phoenix, put an arena up or don't. 
Is that the last gasp? If they get shot down in Tempe, are they done? Or is that like I, I saying mean, the cockroaches? Eight, eight, yeah. Eight, eight tries with like different sites. Like how many, like if you're the NHL, how long can you let this go on? Well, longer than we thought they would have already. And I, part of me understands it. Was the, the fourth or fifth biggest city in the U.S.? If your sport can't live there, what does that say about your sport? And if we know anything about Bettman, he will fight to the bitter end to make that thing work. And has, yeah. all and all you keep hearing about about why isn't it working? Well, the arena's way out there. If they were downtown, it would work. If they were downtown, it would work. And they've never really had a crack at. They've it. also had two awful owners in a row, in my opinion. At least that doesn't two. He, here's the yeah. other problem: is that I mentioned the the novelty is going to wear off. The team stinks, and they're not trying to be good yeah. for the next five years. So when you you have all those factors that come together, it's it might be easy to sell out the novelty this season. Next year and two years from now, oh, are man. people still going to be paying for it? I, I'm not a believer that that's the case. And I still would like to see their HRR at the end of the year in terms of what they bring in. The NHL has pumped it up saying that their HRR is going to be better than an 18,000 seat arena. And maybe that's possible, but it feels like they're missing out on a lot of revenue streams to me. Yeah. I still this love that Batman. segment. Yeah. This has been your segment sponsored by old man yells at cloud. No, it's good though. Cause I remember when Batman had that press conference, it's well, what about the revenues? Well, we've, we've looked at some, we've looked at some models and it might actually be better than it was uh, at the old. It's like, you have, have 5,000 seats. Say, what do you We've looked at some models about? and we've looked at some models and, and nah, it's not going to be good. Yeah. No, that'll do that. Yeah. yeah. So Bryce Harper. Are you a Harper guy or are you not a Harper guy? I am a Harper guy and I was not at the beginning. He has won me over. That dude oozes, oh, that right? <laughs> oozes swag. He has like he is a whole mood and he's he's really bought into everything that Philly is. Um, that guy's a worker, he's a grinder, and he has immense talent, but I think his buy-in for the city, like showing up at Eagles games and wearing, you know, all the gear. Um, maybe he's not a Flyers fan because I think he's a Golden Knights fan. But in this case, um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm all in on Bryce Harper. The whole team, like there's, they've got this personality thing to them that has been really fun to watch. I said to Pinder the other day, I didn't really know how to put put a thumb on her. If it, I, I've always kind of liked him, even though he's been very easy to hate. Guy comes in with all, like you say, the, the swagger and all that was there right from day one, the hair and the whole thing. But it just felt like he was one guy that was, he can back it up. He is that good. He deserves to, to, he deserves it. It's not, it's not bragging if you can pull it off and you can do it. Well, and he hasn't had the off a field stuff where it's like DUIs and this and that. Like, it feels like he's got the swagger, but he's also living properly yeah and this this is his first crack at it right after all these years of being this superstar overpaid whatever now he's he's kind of carrying that uh he's not carrying the team on his back but that home run it was you win the world unbelievable unbelievable Uh, the owner when they they won the nlcs the owner on the field actually went up to him and said i think i've underpaid you that's (laughs) how good he's been so you're sure you have a negative test right yeah. Yep. Uh, you can't have COVID if you don't test. I know that. Um, mm. And moving forward, <laughs> the American way. Uh, I like it. Yeah. No, I like it. 
So how are you getting all these tickets? I mean, oh, complete. How are you going? Come on, no trade secrets. It's got to be a hot, hot ticket. So here's the thing. Um, I have never bought season tickets for any team in my life at any point. I've always been that media guy that's like, oh, it's weird to wear any fan gear. Uh, you know, can't really get into it. I covered the Phillies at the beginning of my career. I covered the Eagles for a bit. Uh, obviously, then spent a while covering the Flyers, and I was like, I don't. Some at some point in in August or September, I said to my wife, I was like, there's something about this team. And I'm not sitting here as some clairvoyant saying, hey, you know, I thought that they'd get to the World Series or anything like that. But I said then, if this team gets into a wild card spot and they have a three game series with Wheeler and Nola, they're going to win the three game series and get at least one home playoff game. That's what I was figuring. And I said, I want to get tickets to that game. So I actually bought a season ticket plan for next season just so I could get in on the playoffs. And they let me buy every playoff game when I signed up. So I bought every game thinking like, okay, well, if they don't make it, I'll just get refunded. What's the harm? And now I'm literally sitting on three straight games of World Series tickets like out of the clear blue sky. There's no cash flow problems for it's that daily face-off money. That daily face-off money is everywhere. <sighs> Be good, Frank. Uh, good luck. Go Phillies. We're rooting for you. Good I to guess, talk yeah. to you as always. Yeah, Phillies. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's assholes. just not the Astros, right? Like, that's the thing. Not the Astros. They can fucking beat it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Good to talk to you, Love pal. It. Go Phillies. See Appreciate you guys. It. Have a good one. See you next week. You See betcha. You. I mean, it was really, how do you, who's, who's cheering for the Astros that isn't from Houston? I was going to say, Houston's cheering for them. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Go Phillies. Go Phillies. Well, did you see, oh, well, look, it's been a long time, a lot of turnover since that cheating stuff, and then there's the reliever, like, dabbing his fingers on the glove. Oh, no, I was just adjusting it. No, you weren't. You cheated. Yeah. Uh, if you are just listening on the podcast and you've not been watching, we did lose Rhett well, partway oh, through. Oh. But he is back. We have a visual on Rhett. Did we? Did so what, what's the, I know you're. Oh, oh for no. fuck's sake. Get out of here. What happened? It's got the robot voice again. Oh no! Hang on. Yeah, yeah, just go away. I'm just gonna move the buffalo, and it's gonna be fine. It'll be just like a second studio. I'll be pulling the rope just like you guys. Remember, remember the one meeting we had. He was almost sheepish about having to move. He, he was in Buffalo. I would like. To turn this into a positive. I think it could be a positive for the is show. What he, I think yeah. it could be a positive for the show that I'm not there. And to be I'm fair, he's giving us content right now. It's just not the content we want. And not here Thursday or Friday. Well, and basically Friday. not Friday? Well, I assume. I'm not assuming yet. Uh, guilt, maybe. What he's got those in? horrible headphones he could put in and... While we're waiting, why don't, we, uh, why don't you uh, let everybody know what we did yesterday? We did a, had a little post-show meeting. Very important meeting, high-level well, high level stuff. We went up to the nexus of the universe, apparently, which is somewhere around Crowchild and Stony, because we've got, apparently, like, everyone that loves the show that's sponsoring the show is up there. Yeah. I mean, not everyone, but a lot of the guys. We've got Greg from Bonton, but we stopped in at Wild Rose. Excuse me, the Mad Rose. The Mad Rose Pub. Madrose.pub oh. is the website, and we'd heard nothing. Pizza. Glowing reviews. About the pizza. you got to have the pizza. This food is unbelievable. The poutine didn't have the poutine. The poutine is unbelievable. you got to The wings are great. No, I'm in. Yeah. And you know what? Hey, send us your recommendations. Like all of them different. All the people. Yeah. Oh, you got to try the donair pizza. Oh, what the meat lovers. You got to go to the, the Mad Rose house special. Like, yeah, so we, uh, we drilled some wings. The, uh, good. the meat lovers. 
and the special. Yeah. Yesterday. Special's phenomenal out of the fridge this morning. Got to tell you. You know what? I was going to say, because my kids, because you, you know, you're special. You've got all the different meats and some peppers and olives yeah, and all that sort of there, thing. I think it was, my kids, that's not their jam. Oh, perfect. That is not their jam. Perfect. It's gone. What? So how good is it when my kids are drilling the special with the, the olives and shrimp and stuff on it? It's it dynamite. If we, listen, I, because it's kind of a new thing, it's our business, it's a business venture we want to support, I think we may have to go at least once a week just to support. I would think it'd be rude not to. And they happen to have a dollar off pints on Monday and where the yeah. hell's my, where's down, my sheet? Down we went with the old not going to drink this week. Yeah. How, did you see that? Did it, people that, if you caught the show yesterday, dummy here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and not I drink this week. I just might not drink this week, you know? I just, may not. Just might not drink this week. I don't even know why you put that out into the universe. Well, because, because you just I'm know. due for a week like that. I got no obligations <laughs> uh, beyond last night's trick-or-treating. And yeah, it lasted, I still think it's possible. It lasted not three hours. I might be able to go Monday to Monday or Tuesday to Tuesday here. You had a coffee first, in fairness. Coffee, water. I'm just going to have a coffee and maybe a glass of water. And then she comes back. Would you like more coffee? What were those uh, rotating taps? Oh, yeah, rotating taps. Was it the... Uh, was was it, uh... Yeah, I'll have one of those. Good work by you. I can't find my, uh, my thing. All the, you know, with the stuff. The thing with the stuff. Well, you got a lot of papers. I got a lot of papers here. We're not recycling. There it is. What the hell he's doing? Brett, you're back. How are you, buddy? I'll tell you specifically How's about Mad Rose Pub. Is it good? That's much better. That sounds good. We were at the we were at the Mad Rose yesterday hammering pizza. We we missed you. It would have been a great uh, oh, post show meeting. It. I yeah, saw hot you wings, pizza. Mm. Yeah, it's right in your wheelhouse. Burgers, past the steaks, full entrees. Proud to serve uh, some of the best pizza in Calgary. Almost kind of notorious for how good their pizza is. Go Verified. and check them out. Fifteen Royal Vista Place. The website madrose.pub. And we called Greg from Bonton. Yeah. Granted. We gave him zero notice. I think we were literally driving by Bonton. We're like, oh, we should invite Greg. <laughs> we should talk to him. No, no. See the sign? We, all day we thought about we should, we should really go for lunch with Greg. Yeah. But no, he couldn't make it. So next time. He's busy. I guess so. Just covered Firing in out T-bones and <laughs> tomahawks and stuff up there. How's your meat situation, by the way? Is I it improved at all? I talked to Greg about it. He gave me some advice. Gave me some advice. So we're going to see. Got some stuff in the fridge. Aging. Is this a supplier issue or an equipment issue? Or do you have two issues? It's, there's a bit of both, but it's mostly supplier issue. Okay. It's, uh, it's not, Worried it's not Bonton meat. It's not Bonton. It, I'm sorry. Cause it sounded to me when I talked to Greg, cause he was concerned. He's like, I don't think he's buying the right stuff. It didn't sound like it was so much. Flapjack thing. It wasn't so much the, uh, the supply. It was the. The carpenter, not the tools, maybe. Oh, I see. Yeah. That uh, maybe yeah, you I've didn't never know what the hell you were steak. doing. I've never cooked well, I think you can cook before. it. But in fairness, you've just gone to Bonton and said, give me this, give me this, give me this. And you knew it was just going to be good. You're now having to, so what? what's the different grades? What's the different, all that sort of thing. That's not, I know the you're different an idea grades. guy. I, I buy the top grade beef. I don't mess I around. I know you do. Well, what are they feeding them down there? What like hay bales. You want. It's the same we were talking about before. You get a. A Kit Kat down here? It's junk. It's garbage. It's throw it away. Really? It's disgusting. Oh, the Kit Kat even, you've never is completely noticed that? different than the Canadian Kit Kat. The chocolate. 
Well, I, I know Canadian Kit Kat's a thing. I didn't think they even had it. It's a different. Uh, no, it's a whole different. It's a whole different universe. The chocolate is completely different down here. It's gross. Don't yeah, like it's it. Like chalk. That's it's right. The same. Remember, I Take said that. the milk. So, like the milk, the ultra pasteurized. You can buy it today and drink it for May long weekend. Take a camping. <laughs> it's true. I'm telling you, that is true. You go oh, down it there. Be true. I'm not touching it. You buy because I. Oh, and look, you turn the lights out and it lights up the room. It glows. Cool. Buy a thing. No. Of half and half cream for coffee. It's good for three years. How the? How does this work? <laughs> how is that possible? I'm out for that. Sorry. <laughs> Certain things are supposed to not be able to, you know, be preserved for years. All right, dads, give us the uh, give us the Halloween update. How is it? Well, we'll start with you because I think yours is probably more exciting than. Than ours. Oh, we could start. We go uh, chronologically. Rhett would have been out there trick or treating first, I imagine. Are you even allowed with the boys, or is it like get the hell out of here, Dad? The oldest did nothing. He's never been a big uh, Halloween guy. I don't know what it is, but he did zero. I think it has more to do with he'd rather talk on his phone than one. He's too tall to go knocking on doors for it. Doesn't That's look true. Right. Come on, pizzas. And who's your son? And the then uh, Pizza Deli the, over there. The shoveler was the shoveler was absolutely distraught because the kids went in separate directions. They weren't all in one spot and going down the same streets together. So we had to go to two different houses and coordinate. And hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. She didn't like that. That was like turning a new page. She's making her feel old. Kids had fun. Kids were kids were pumped. Yeah, I know similar story. My daughter went out, and I think this was. It tells you where we're at. We're very old and tired parents. But Mm. one of the girls, one of her friends, one of her best friends, that they went trick or treating together last night. It was the first time that she went on her own with friends, as opposed to mom going. And I think it was, it was a little tough. Mm. It's tough when your kids go on on their own. Even trick or treat. I actually first thing is separation i don't know 
it didn't hit home. But that last night, I actually did think it. I'm like, well, there's that's now there's one less year of Halloween where it's going to be a thing. However, right, as like, I'm finding out, as they get older, they just do different things. So my dumb oldest went out to a going through my liquor cabinet, looking through my booze, heading over to so-and-so's house. So I drove him and his dumb buddy over to this party and dropped them off. I'm like, oh, they're 18. That's exciting. I just said, to, I said, if, I guess if you need a ride, call. But if you need bail, you're on your own. I'm not, <laughs> that's it. So don't be stupid. But that's, that's how that goes. But yeah, they go and do their own thing. Now you, of course, couldn't. Your kids, they need oh, parental service. They just turned seven. This is very exciting. So we wandered around by grandma and grandpa's house. They loaded up bags. Do they hand out gold bars over there? There's full sizes. They got a couple of ones where there's multiple full sizes. It's, uh, yeah, no messing around. Yeah. You know, we could have stayed at in our neighborhood. No, they're going to cash in. Yeah. And uh, there's a few haunted houses with actors and faux chainsaws and zombies wandering around. It's the full experience. Yeah, Threw we, a little video up on the old Twitter there. We did that too. That. The kids, my middle guy, he and his buddies. They went and did our neighborhood, and apparent, apparent, apparently, uh, our neighborhood isn't as uh, affluent as maybe it once was because it was very quiet. And they're like, "Can we? Can you take us over to the point? Can we go to the point?" Yeah, we're the big houses. We need some full size. Like, well, okay, I'll take you over there, but I don't know if it's going to be any different. Yeah. It's like a freaking carnival over there. All they were missing was clowns and face painting and the yeah. merry-go-round. Yeah, Just literally, absolutely swinging over there. They, I said to my wife, "I said we live in the." We're in Dumpsville here, babe. Yeah, so here's the video. This is, you've got zombies walking around with chainsaws and stuff. Kids are freaking out. The one's grabbing the legged mama there. <laughs> yeah. All I, fun and games see, till, I don't till the chainsaw's there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of Halloween. I don't dig all that. Look at the swords. Oh. But I do have an update for you. And all it right. kind of, well, I was going to say it involves Rhett. It could have involved Rhett. It probably should have involved Rhett, but it didn't. Let me guess. If he's in Calgary, it involves him? No, even then, oh, okay. but still, it probably should. Mm. Uh, five something this morning, because I was very groggy. I was in a dead sleep, and the middle guy comes in. Comes in? To the room. Oh, okay. And never, he's 14, we don't see him, ever. Comes into the room, and I kind of get startled. <laughs> Buster shit. He shit all, <laughs> liquid shit. Liquid shit all over. Verbatim. My kid says, Buster shit. Liquid. Liquid. It stinks. Like, I can't even handle this. Wait, liquid shit. Go take a shit. That's right. That's, yeah. Buster. Buster. And in fairness, as soon as he said that, and of course, I've got my uh, Maverick Top Gun CPAP on. Ugh. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. Ooh. If I'm, and I'm smelling it through the CPAP, so we have got, and you know how, uh, how I am with the, oh yeah, bleh, bleh. that's code red right there. Yeah, it was, uh, and he was right. So eat candy? It was liquid got into the ca leap, candy, and it was everywhere. Was, uh, was Buster eating the American Kit Kats or what? So, so this would be uh, my uh, public service announcement to people who do own dogs, a toxic very toxic chocolate could be for your dog, your animals. Make sure they're on high, you know, high shelves, put away where the dogs can't get to them. Um, this, of course, Buster is Rhett's old dog that he... Uh, Did you rename him? Left, yes. Yeah, Louie. 
Louie, that's right. The I dog see, used like, to. I don't know that. Yeah, well, his dog. For people, here's the story. You ready for this one? Or maybe you should tell it. You know what, Rhett? Why don't you? Why am I telling your story? I told this story last night at one of my kids' friends who also had Elon Musk COVID dog, and they wanted someone else to tell the truth. And people think it's not true when I tell them. They're like, "Oh, we didn't know you had two dogs." Yeah, well, a a buddy of mine who uh, is not a dog guy bought a COVID dog, and then decided or realize you can't just leave for months at a time when you have a dog, not that self-sufficient. So yeah, uh, he can. decided he was gonna go away for an undetermined amount of time. We were told maybe it's a couple weeks, maybe three weeks. We don't have a return flight home. We'll look after your dog. It's the day before they're leaving. I'm texting Rhett. Do you have somebody to watch your dog yet? Well, no, uh, should, uh, should I bring him over for a test test run? Just, you know what, don't worry, test run. Just bring him over. We'll look after your dog. So Louie comes over. This is the start of October. When did you leave? Yeah, no, it was the end of September. Yeah, right better. around the time they should have been going to school. Yeah, even better. So the Warners are going on their uh, Clark Griswold adventure. The pandemic adventure. The, 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 Florida the pandemic Keys. adventure. Yeah. Which was going to, uh, didn't it start in like New Haven or something? Didn't you? No, we went to, what's the name of that town? Uh, Virginia Beach. Where did you go? Virginia Beach. And then you drove up to Buffalo from there, right? Is that what it was? Anyway, so Louie comes to our house. And uh, the the thing is, our neighbor, his name is Louie. So every time we'd go into the backyard, Louie, Louie, he'd be, yeah, no, no, not, not it's you, the dog, Louie, what, no, like, this is, this is not going to work, gotta change the name, anyway, but at this point, it's not my dog, I'm not changing Warner's you dog's name, name. Him, Louis. so it's September, and then, of course, after September comes October, and then after October comes November, so the, it's gone Virginia, whatever it is, and then to Buffalo, and down then, to Florida Keys. then down to Florida, yeah, uh, Disney, and then South Florida. Yeah, Disney first. We were yeah. in Disney for Halloween. So two ha- two years ago, we were in Disney. Right now, yeah. And then back to Buffalo, and then back to Florida. Because didn't you double up on the no. Keys or something like that? No, we went to Disney, and then we went south to the Keys and hung out in South Florida for six weeks, and then we went across to Arizona. Oh, what just got smacked by the hurricane? Fort Myers. We went over to Fort oh. Myers. Yeah, and then we then we went over to Scottsdale for six weeks. Yeah, it was Christmas in Scottsdale. Ryan, what month does Christmas fall in? Typically December, I'm told. Start of December? Quite late. End of December. So Warners are still on this adventure by January now. Finally, the caravan heads north begrudgingly for some. <laughs> <laughs> begrudgingly for some time to come back to reality or back to Canada anyway. So back to Calgary and dogs ready to be taken home. Well, they're back. I'm sitting at home. Well, Louie, you're going to, we're going to pack up your stuff. Cause it's going to be back to the shack where, you know, back to your owners. And at this point, Louie was a pup really. Cause remember COVID dog. Yeah. He's now been living with us at least as long. Yeah. as he was at Longer. the Warners. 
Longer. Maybe longer. And Rhett's home for a day, two days, three days, four days. We're doing a radio show together each day, five days. And the topic comes up. Do you think there's a chance they don't want the dog back? Because we've talked, my wife even went to their house to drop off something. The topic of the dog didn't come up. Mm. You get, it's like, I don't think, uh, I don't think they want the dog back. I think the kids wanted the dog back. Louie got dropped off at the end of September. He's still at my house. His name is now Buster. Two years. Crapping his pants. <laughs> Shitting liquid shit. Yeah. Liquid shit. Uh, people do like that story. So he never came back. I'm like, yeah, he never came back. Well, what was it? Yeah, I don't know where he is now. His daughter didn't want to give the dog up, but I mean, I'm trying to be the nice guy here. I don't want to break anybody's heart. The only people whose heart you're okay breaking was your own children. They wanted the dog back. Don't try to spin this any other way, you heartless, cold prick. It's come up a few times since. Yeah, since yeah. moving, it's uh, uh, still tender, yeah. apparently. Well, maybe you should get a dog while you're there. Yeah, you just gift it to someone you leave. Yeah, no pets on the rental, no pets. So, ah, okay, is that what it is? Shame. Uh, we got well, here we are looking at the time. We got a few things to get through. We haven't really talked about the hockey game. Flames tonight. cracking tonight. Do we know? Uh, so we know that Vladar is going to get the start. Vladar starting. Kevin Rooney is out for the first time this year, and Adam Rzijka is in, making his season debut. New lines were trotted out at practice yesterday. They were. I'm not. <laughs> After we, quite. didn't we talk about how, well, I, why, yeah. why would you need to change the lines? They're five and two. They're playing great. There's no reason to change lines. They're getting points. But we did say that the top line, we talked about their play five on five. Lindholm, no points at even strength. Only at what? One point for Hubert, two for Toffoli, I believe, at five on five. Then maybe the Cadre line had been very good. Maybe there was some time. Do you do it? And we thought, well, probably not. I mean, you can, but well, it's thing, early. Everything's early right now. Daryl will also send messages and shuffle them one day, and then the next day in practice, they're back to normal. That, yeah. that didn't happen today. They stuck with these new look lines, which has Huberto and Cadre together, uh, rather than Cadre centering that second line. Manjapani up top, and as you see, Elias Lindholm, who struggled five on five now has arguably your two worst skaters on swings. I don't know if that's going to help him or not. We'll see. Yeah, Lindholm. I feel for Lindy. He's kind of, you know, doesn't look like a 40-goal center anymore with yeah. Johnny How, and Chuck. How's and that line? going to gonna win him back. Yeah, how's that line compared to last year's partners? I'm sorry, Lindy. You're going to have to do a little more heavy lifting. Well, and we tell him who's, for people that are just listening and not watching. Lucic and Toffoli on the wings with Lindholm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we noted that quick there. And then the third line becomes Backlund, Coleman, Dubé. That's a trio I really like together, but it does feel like Luch is way higher than he should be in the lineup as, as strong as he's been. Uh, it just, again, feels like they're a top nine guy shy. And you've well, got well, a lot of fourth line guys in terms of the Luch, Lewis, Richie, Rizichka, Rooney. Like they got lots of those guys. And that's kind of how Daryl likes to build his rosters. He, he, he wants to trust veterans r- rather than watch rookies go through development on his bottom half of his roster i feel like this the way they have these lines just screams that they're short a guy 
It might be the statement the coach is making. I don't know. I mean, I I think you could easily slide Jacob Pelche onto one of those top three lines and and have some better offensive results, but I don't know that Daryl's the coach to do that. I think a lot of other coaches would have had him up already. This is not lost on the GM, by the way. The GM has been in the... since the beginning of the season. It was before they signed Caudry. We're a top nine guy short. Well, yeah. I mean, too shy. Is there a top nine guy? But it, is there a top nine guy in, in the system? Was. Like, is Pelche good enough? You yes. Yeah, he's a middle Darryl six winger. Up. I think is how. It's just whether and when Daryl trusts him. Right. Like, th- there were teams well. in similar spots as the Flames and players of similar pedigrees that were having similar results at the AHL at the same age. They got called up and went up and down a bunch last year. Daryl wasn't the coach to do it, and that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just if you're on a spectrum of trusting rookies, Daryl's at one end. All the other coaches in the league go this way. And that's fine. I mean, you can't really argue with his success. You didn't need a Richie or a Lewis, but they played well for you. So do we have a... I mean, I can't look at that Lindholm to Foley and lose that each line and tell you. I, mean, I don't know. Shit. Um, <laughs> so what... Well, it's, so what do we... What, 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 how do we fix that? What would you do? Do you just... Do you bring up... You need to know how he's playing. And, and I, I can't say I've been... Yeah. all over the rank. The one game I went to, I was babysitting a U9 team, but Pelche's body of work in the American League is good enough to get a chance at some point here. When that happens is likely a Daryl and Brad discussion. It would have happened, I would suggest, for 31 organizations already. It turns into one of those things where you kind of wish you knew what you had a little bit. Well, Phillip's the situation. same, right? He had one game. Yeah. Like, you'd love to see what he could do more than the one game, but, you know. That's not how Daryl rolls. Yeah. But that I line see. is terrible. It doesn't work. Like I, I, I just, we're gonna, I look at what their skill more sets are. What, what's that it, line going to do? Yeah. Like are you, they you, checking to, line? To Foley, you don't want your own end. Luch, you don't want in the ozone a ton in terms of how you're going to spot this group. Lindholm's a 200-foot player that needs a playmaker. Like, those two wingers aren't playmakers. To Foley's a finisher. I will be shocked if A, it works, B, it stays together. For I agree. Long. I, I don't I wouldn't be surprised if the third period Lindholm's got two different wingers. If it might just be a hey, this is what life looks like unless you get your poop in a group. It's well, who's, he, at, who's he sending a message to? To Lindholm, Hubert Oman Japani. Speci- and well, maybe it's more Japani Lindholm than you. anybody else. I was gonna no, say Lindholm's the only one suffering. Here. Sorry, yeah. And look, Kadri's been great. It's an acknowledgement that he's been that. But that second line looks off. <laughs> it's like, who's hurt? Why is Milan there? Yeah, <laughs> it does look off. Um, Third line looks great, though. Need a forward. Get on the phone tree. Get it going. Or just see the kid. It doesn't have to work, but you can try it. If you give Jacob Belche five games and it doesn't work, you can always send him back. Boy, they've never done that, though. Well, not right with when you Daryl. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, you saw it a bunch with every other coach ever. Have we have a peak? Yeah, where they would bring. Well, I mean, not all coaches, came up a lot and got of a, got a look, right? You, but not to play second Val line Mackey wing. Comes up and gets Val, a look. I always said the same thing about Valamaki two years ago, and Daryl wouldn't play him in the last two weeks of the season. It was like, why are you not playing this guy twenty five minutes a night yeah. so we know what we have. Yeah. Right. It's Daryl's approach to things. I think there's other coaches that don't love playing young guys, but maybe aren't quite as stubborn about it as Daryl. And you know I, what? Maybe it's someone gets nicked up tonight injury wise and 
Pelche's in there, or or maybe it's he's included in a package at the deadline and he never suits up on the big club and he could be whatever he's going to be in another organization. Neither would surprise me. Big D. It's Big D's world. Yeah, no one's going to tell this guy what to do. I'm not saying that this is wrong, right? Like, it's just his philosophy. What are you saying? Is there I don't think there's cap implications here. No. No, I'm not saying with those lines. I'm saying you guys want to, we want to go get someone, but is it a possibility? Is this one of those things where we have to wait just because of the cap space issue? Well, one of the things is, too, that they have, I mean, they have blue line depth, but Oliver Shillington is still. Yeah out there somewhere and when and if and when he comes back you have to find room for his dough and that's a consideration and it's it's beyond cap is you're also not going to trade away somebody that you might need because you're as as most teams are all teams are you're an injury away from being we're a lot thinner back there than we thought they were and they're already down a guy with shillington not here mackie is their seven right now shillington was a top four last year this year's depth chart he's not a top four he's probably playing with zadorov on a third pair if and when i mean we haven't heard anything except that they don't seem to expect him and it's a personal issue that's it's as murky as it gets we'll move on to our betway uh picks here in a moment i was looking this morning that uh michael stone is uh there is tied for third in team scoring like a rock five points in seven games a plus three (laughs) top scoring (laughs) if you're my if you're michael stone and I don't know if you could, even if you were, would you not be walking upstairs to Mr. Treliving's office and saying, let's add a year to this. Can we add another year? Do I have to come back on a tryout? Have I not done I enough? Said, yeah. I said top stuff. Rasmus Anderson before. is there. I, that, my, my bad. But five points in seven games for the annual PTO. And I'm, I'm with you. It's, give me a two-way or whatever. Give me just, it's a one-year deal. But I I deserve more than having to sing for my supper every year. You can, yeah, and the flip side is the agent's like, hey, this is going to be a second or third impressive year in a row. Like, if you're, we might be able to get a million and a half in the desert if you want to go live in some hot weather for the winter. Like, that wouldn't be crazy, but he seems to like it here. And now we've screwed him. They remember those seven games in you guys were saying get a deal for you. Yeah, I know. No, I mean, it's a conversation that could happen. It, it wouldn't be crazy that you could talk that given how good he's been, but it's also a small sample. It's seven games. It's it's seven games this way. year, but he, sorry, he was used last year. Playoffs, he was, year. He was trusted by Daryl. Playoffs, Red. When Tanev got hurt, he came in. We like him. I don't know. Yeah. We said for years, put him on the power play. I get think that bomb on the point. He must have moved into Geo's house. There's something in the water there. Those guys get younger, not older. I don't know what the hell's going on. Betway bets of the day. Hockey game tonight. That's our focus. We will dig into uh, just picked a couple here. Just a couple quickies for the game tonight. Looking at, uh, and I, I can go first. Yep, fire. Andrew Manjapani. Remember last year he was on that torrid scoring Streak road on the road away from home. I feel like he's due. He is due. I hit on the on the Huberdo last week. I'm gonna go again. Did you see those lines? You think Manja's gonna like those? Plus two hundred, anytime goal. Give me Andrew Manjapani. And the other one I'm gonna go with is Flames to win on the money line, and a single point for Elias Lindholm. A win and a point for Lindholm plus one twenty. I think there's going to be some power play. That doesn't have to be an even strength point. Without doesn't have to be, that's right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be even strength. <laughs> you'd be screwed. 
So those are my two, uh, my two for the Kraken and Flames tonight. I got a couple similar. I'm going to go with the Calgary win and a point for Huberto. Look at those line mates and tell me he's not getting a point tonight. He's going with Kadri has been their best forward and Manjipanu can finish. I love that uh, trio for maybe not the whole team, but when they're on, you'd expect some chances. Uh, that pays minus 118. And I've also got Kadri over three and a half shots. He's only done that five of the last six games. And it's plus money. Thank you. There you go. Betway bets of the day. There you go. Let's get into the Pinder report right now. Let's do it. The All Pinder right. report is a presentation of Village Honda, new, used, whatever it is you need. You'll find out very quickly why Calgarians are making the trip to Village Honda, 7663 110th Ave Northwest. Check out their selection online, villagehonda.com. All right. So first off, yesterday's Pinder report was the worst that's been done in about eight years Not when the Pinder report was invented. No. So we're going to go a little bit different today. It's going to be trick-or-treat trivia. So the idea is if it's a trick, not true. If it's a treat, that is correct. Because today is Halloween. Because today is the day after the day I thought up of this game, which was Halloween. All right, I'm excited. So okay, this, how, so, so I will say something, yeah, yeah. and it's either yeah. true or false. Okay, if it's yeah. true, it's the treat. Yeah. If it's uh, false, it's the trick. I will ask both of you, and we will see... Who is victorious and will take the uh, the title of world champion home with them today in the Pinder Reports? Trick or treat? The Flames have played the fewest games in the NHL. Trick or treat, Rhett? What's uh, the trick? So trick means it's false. Okay. Dino? Trick. Okay. Uh, the Connor McDavid has five more power play goals than the entire Columbus Blue Jackets. Trick or treat? Treat. I okay. Trick then. I'll be different. Okay. Uh, there are no teams below five hundred in the NFC or AFC East. Treat. So that would be. I'm going to say treat. It's very specific. I'm going to go treat. Okay. Yeah. And the NHL version of that. None of these teams are above five hundred. Colorado, Pittsburgh, Toronto. Minnesota, some of your favorites in Vegas to win the cup this year. Many Is that a starts trick or a slow. treat? Toronto was slow. Pittsburgh was around 500. I'm going to say treat. I'm going to go I'll treat because I live with you. I, th I know the Wild had that start. We know what the Leafs are doing. Penguins coming off that road trip. They lost through Alberta. I'm going to say Vancouver too, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, final, well, final sports one. Joe Burrow has never beat the Cleveland Browns. Treat. Oh, wow. With authority. Treat. Metro? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dean was so, you got to go with him. When you're that it's adamant that about something, you That's right. I and, even did one of these. Did you yeah. see that? And finally, yeah. the pinned Reaper was sober last night for Halloween trick-or-treating. Trick. What? Wait, no. What can, yeah. What constitutes no. sober? Well, any yeah, sort of uh, intoxicating, uh, illegal, illicit, uh, and trick, illegal. Trick, trick, okay. trick, trick, yeah. trick, trick. Uh, so again, your re your results are this. Everything was a treat, except me being sober. That was a trick. <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> so the Flames have played the fewest games in the NHL, which right. is seven. Connor McDavid has five power play goals. The Columbus Blue Jackets have zero. Okay. Zero? Is that not zero insane? with Johnny? 
Zero? Have they got Bad Branson running the point? What's the story All here? All right, see. Backpack. Backpack. Uh, there are no teams below 500 in both the AFC and NFC East. Good divisions. Yeah, sure. Even Washington's 4-4, four four, New England's 4-4. Four four. Uh, all those teams are 500 or worse that we noted, the NHL teams. So that's a treat as well. And Joe Burrow's never beat the Browns. Should have known that yesterday when we didn't know who to pick in that game. Yeah, it was gross, right? I didn't yeah, get a chance I, to watch a whole lot of it. What with the uh, well, tricking and treating going on? I had a wonderful concoction of mixed cocktails. Oh, and, dude, oh. you had a beer for breakfast. I mean, I the least surprising Starting thing. today, a week. The Sorry, least. Starting today. Okay, yeah. There you go, folks. That is for Village Honda, your Pinder report for a limited time. You know, I should I should double check. I'm not going to mention that because well, it's November 1st and maybe some, things, uh, maybe some things change. Yeah, so just give me a note here. Uh, uh, there are some other news items I want to touch very closely. Oh, is Senators that? officially for sale. That was announced uh, this morning. Uh, also, gets, get ready for the Thursday night Uh Undefeated Philadelphia at Houston, who has one win. Barf, another horrible primetime game. And we have game three of the World Series tonight in Philadelphia. We talked about with Frank. And the Flames were valued at $870 million by Sportico, who did their NHL franchise valuations. We announced those today. Number one, Toronto at $2.1 billion. Whew. So is that good then? For who? Murray? Yeah, no, it's no, great. For the, it's way up. Well, yeah, I was going to say. But in terms of the league where they sit... Yeah, the league, it's on average, each franchise is worth about a billion. And in terms of the whole week added up, it's 32 billion, 32 teams. So that's way better than it was. Now it's it's one company's audit or guess at values. So it's not everything. The Forbes one's another one, but this is, uh, it's it's up from what we've seen. as And as we've noticed over time, pro sports franchise seem to go up in value. Consistent with that. You should get in on that, Rhett. Should have got in on the franchise. Sabers when they're about 150 million in 10 years ago. Although the blades might not have been the best. No, that was a poor decision. That's not professional okay. sports. <laughs> and see, with with your luck, that you made the right decision, or that you went, that the fork in the road you took ended up being the right one. I'm stunned because that really does well, feel like something that would have happened. It, yeah, it we couldn't close that deal for the blades yeah oh, we wanted to do it we wanted to yeah, overpay and be in bed and absolutely broke and screwed and in trouble in saskatoon right now 100 percent tried to overpay now with that scenario who was going to be the head coach of the team well i mean i had i had some designs on that but it was hard to say it was going to be Red Warner. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously they'd be hanging banners. Attendance would be way better. They'd probably have a brand new downtown rink by now. I mean, yeah, it's probably a smashing success. Well, if, I was, if Rhett. Rhett would have his cup ring now because he would have advanced to the National Hockey League and have coached Team X to a championship. I'm sorry, so Jared Bednar. There's this hotshot young That's coach, right. Rhett Warner, yeah. who's been hanging banners in the Western League. Pack your bags, Bednar. One World Junior gold medals, a couple, yes. cup rings. couple X blades. That's right. Yeah, coached in Abbotsford too, I believe, for a year or two. Yeah, he did. When when Jimmy freaked out on the bench, I still remember Beds pulling him off the. <laughs> Jim Playfair is losing his mind. He's losing. He's his losing mind. his mind. Ah! <laughs> it's a good viral clip. 
We'll play that tomorrow for you. Yeah, it's a treat. Good. Treat from us to you. South Street Burger is going to do it again for you in November. It's a different rink this time. It's a different day. But once again, you can bring your family out for a free public skate every Sunday in the month of November. Family Skate Optimist Park at 12.15 p.m. As they will have prizes and goodies and treats for everyone. Um, South Street Burger giving back to the community. Doing things a little bit differently. Not just uh, with the menu, but... With everything. Well, they're working with us. That's a little off. That's a path. little, I'm sure I uh, would advise it, but there they are. November, Family Skate, Optimus Park. Uh, you were, now I'm going to be, you see the swear jar, proceeds going to kids sport. Princey, I, I do want to bring you in. I know you were jotting notes and we heard the dinging. Is that, so that's, is that officially uh, a new addition to the show? Yeah, we're going to do that. So you hear that ding, that's when you guys are dropping. And what does it sound like? Okay. Just a little drop there. Just a little notice. We're going to get it in there. Like yesterday's that, stats were. Was that the Fisher Price? Remember the old cash register? The Fisher the cash Price? Cash register, yeah. yeah. It's the one from the Pink Floyd song. Yeah. My That's what I got. It <laughs> yesterday, you guys put up some crazy stats on the on the swear jar. That was, you guys was were yesterday big? pretty good. Yeah. You guys are doing pretty good. What happened yesterday? yesterday? Uh, or was, yes, whenever we did the Daryl quote, talking about Huberto. Well, yes, yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, it was yeah, the first one after yeah. a loss to the Battle of Alberta. Mm -hmm. You should expect hefty fines. And it got in there again today, too. It did, yeah. And Boomer's story about uh, how am I going to tell that? I mean, if yeah. we're going to if we're going to really tell you the can't story, misquote your son. You're a journalist. That's what he said when he came running in the room. And it is what it was. It was liquid shit. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Sell Street Burger in the swear jar. Right now, Dehan is like, guys, stop it! Like, stop. Like, we I, thought this was a it good was a idea. fun idea. Braden came up with a great idea, but you guys are killing me right now. You're what killing. Me. I canceled a trip to Hawaii, you assholes. <laughs> I gotta pay for these swears. Seven South Street Burger locations across Calgary. They are. You go to the website SouthStreetBurger.com for their locations. You can get it on your Skip Dishes, Uber Eats, DoorDash, 100% Angus beef, made to order over 30 different free toppings to choose from south street burger now this is probably an off-air conversation oh good let's have it on but air. let's have it uh yeah. let's have it what are your travel plans what is uh what can we expect from you in terms of appearances the rest of the week retro i believe i'm uh i'm hooped on thursday as okay. i'm going to be on a i gotta go to carolina for uh here it is delta your trip details come on come on come on are you yeah. flying into Raleigh or Charlotte? Where are you going, Rhett? Yeah, into Raleigh because the Sabres are playing. Actually. Oh. Uh, that's coming home. I, I might be able to do it. I, just, kid I would have to be on my phone. So, no, oh, We'd love a, to have uh, you. It's a booster club kind of thing. Do you think you could mail one in with us on Friday? Like really make sure that you're around your phone to give us a half-assed 10 to 15 minutes? Well, I can't promise anything, Pinder. I mean, <laughs> all right. So, so it's a sure. It what's on Friday? What's a, what's what's the <laughs> it's deal? It's on Friday. Friday. The show they play Thursday yeah. night. You won't have watched the game. We'll ask you how your flight was. <laughs> so, so again, just little, so for sure, out Thursday. You said there. No, I because it's a connector flight, so I might have time. 
9.30. I can't find the itinerary. So. Yeah, it's there. Well, I'm hit and miss, fellas. Off-air conversations on air. Got to do this more. Yeah, yeah. Just awesome. And so we're maybe Thursday and maybe, because we're if, if you weren't around, we were thinking maybe get a guest or do something else. But I, if, if you can do it, then we'd much rather have you on the show. Yeah, we had Wayne Gretzky lined up. But if you can be there on a phone in an he airport, can bugger off, we'll, yeah. we can, he can screw off. Yeah, I think Friday I'm screwed. Thursday I might be okay. Okay. It's complete opposite. I think, yeah, I see that now back. But I think what we're going to do maybe tomorrow, we'll obviously have reaction from tonight's Crack and Flames game, but maybe we'll do Ask Rhett tomorrow in case you are out for Thursday. Usually we do Ask Rhett Thursdays. Call to action is get the questions in tonight no matter what That's right. So let's be uh, better safe than sorry. Ask Rhett every Thursday on uh, Barnburner, a presentation of Hope Street. You can... Go on your, use the hashtag. We'll find it on, on social media, a, a hashtag AskRet, or you can send in the email, AskRet at flamesnation.ca. Rhett's also asked politely not to ask any questions about the boogers on the upholstery in his old truck. He's done talking about it. It's old news. Everybody does it. It is kind of old You can news. all act, you know, act like you don't, but we all know you do it. And was it a guy like was, was it a guy that was that cleaned the vehicle and saw the well, boobs? multiple questions but yeah the guy that at the the detailing place scarred i mean like years later still talking about it it is friggin' gross it really is <laughs> hope street canada's property manager of the year locations in vancouver edmonton and calgary sing it dean let uh boog warner gold digger let him it. sing it HopeStreet.ca. Beauty. Uh, winner tonight. Flames cracking. I got flames. It should be flames. It'll be a tone to the show tomorrow if it's not the flames. I hate the Kraken, so of course it's going to be the flames. There you go. Thanks for being there, buddies. We'll, uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. See ya. Oilers Nation every day coming up next on YouTube. Oilers suck. See you, buddies.